And with it, this is Slink Johnson, a.k.a. Black Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And you're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. How you love that? You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones, Hoopla, and The Shiznit. This is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. And your hosts, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dean O'Red. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of The Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Damon. I'm back. <laughs> and we missed you. Welcome back, Wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> oh, that's my girl. It's so wonderful to be back. Isabel, that's my girl. <laughs> Nigga, please. <laughs> hey, good day, Charlie Bell. Hello. Hey, yeah. Uh, all right. The gang's all here. The gang's all back. Together again, or back in town, or however the hell that uh, goes—the band, the gang, or whatever we got the it is. Band back together. <laughs> yeah, because we broke up and shit. Now we all back together. <laughs> the boys are back in town. That's it. Hey, <laughs> boys and the girl back in town. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, the bus, bus boys. boys. The bus boys. OG. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was, that was uh, forty-eight hours, I think. From- yeah, they used it in yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I knew Damon would know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, so what's what's been up? We what, what you been up to? Well, uh, last week I wasn't here because it was uh, my my granddaunt's ninetieth birthday. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Charlie Bell's excuse. <laughs> How come you weren't here? You can't use Charlie Bell's excuse. No, you were you were at. Uh, no, no, see the difference. You were at Snoop. And, no, you were at Dre's house with an exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you was over there getting it in. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, you Charlie Bell's excuse. Uh, use the best one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie Charlie Bell said her grandmother. I said my grand aunt. So right. <laughs> changed it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so she she had this. Uh, she wanted us all to to come to her church Aww. for uh, for uh, they for honored her. Birthday. her. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it really was your aunt's ninety yeah. something. Yeah, wow, ninetieth birthday. Yeah, I she, think your aunt is Charlie Bell's grandmother. Oh, well, she might be. <laughs> <laughs> she she uh, my my aunt's younger than she looks too. So, uh, you notice how I they're mean, never she looks you notice how they're never in the same room at the same time. Yeah, where's Charlie Bell? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. His, his aunt sounds a little more proper than my grandmother. Last time I talked to my grandmother, she called Sarah Palin an, an ignorant dick. I was cracking up. Yeah, I saw that post on social media. That was pretty funny. She was killing me. That was funny. Well, yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's that's what my grand aunt said during the did during, she during the church service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, no, my grandmother. I mean, my, she's let like, the church say amen. <laughs> she's she's like she's like real. She's real proper. She's well, real real quiet. Well, you were missed, dude. Not uh, just by us. Uh, really? Mm-hmm, check it out. I listened to uh, the Shiznit show. Was uh, straight up awesome. Uh, I, I missed uh, my man Damon though. In the latest episode of the Shiznit, I'm sorry, y'all. I was, I was just, you know, the crown getting to me. <laughs> I was listening to the Shiznit show, and my man uh, Damon Stoudaford. How, is that how you say his name? <laughs> Damon, whatever his last name is. Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> I was going to say, he mixed you um, up with Stratosphere. Omari Stoudemire. <laughs> whatever. He's funny as hell to me. D-Weezy. And he wasn't on the show this week. And when I found that he wasn't on the show, I was a little disappointed, and I almost didn't. I almost turned it off. What? But I stayed on because Charlie Bell said something, and she makes my nipples hard. I what Charlie Bell had to say. Nigga, I got fans. I was surprised that show was really, really good. Very entertaining, uh, even though they were in the absence of D-Weezy. So, uh, good job by the Shiznit show, uh, even though... Dino tried to be funny at the end at my expense. He always tried to do some <laughs> funny stuff at my expense. But you know what? He going to learn. We're messing with it. one of these days. That's the way. One of these days. Pass. Shout out to Look our boy. Mark. Don't do small cracks. <laughs> Shout out to T. Wilson. I, I, I Tim Dog. He, uh, we always uh, go at each other on the show. Cracking jokes, whatever. But uh, thanks for the props. And I, uh, I, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the uh, from the What Up Though show. Check him out. He's he's got a daily show right now. He's contemplating on whether or not he's going to because he had a change in the schedule and he's having trouble getting the show out in the morning. So he's thinking about um, going to one, you know, one one show a week or something like that. And he uh, he asked for some feedback, so I'm gonna give you my feedback right here, Tim. Um, it, whether you start doing it in the evenings every day, or you still do it in the morning, or you mix it up, or you do it once a day, I'll be listening, brother. I don't care. Whatever whatever works for you, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, yeah, I tell you one thing though, it'd be good though if he did go to once a week because he got five days to take jabs at me i only get one day to get mine in but he he be he be lighting my ass up all week long yeah but you put a whole skit together but uh, you know what though i don't even have to i don't even have to he's talking about i always go i don't have to he he does it himself like take this one clip right here check this out this is what he said on, on the same show mm-hmm. 
we're going to do this uh, thing real quick. We got some birthdays. I want to give a shout-out to a couple of birthdays that I wanted to do yesterday that I didn't get to do. Sunday, uh, I had a birthday from a, a, a friend of mine. She bought a car for me, and we hit it off as far as friendship goes. Very good conversationalist. We get along real great. Every time I talk to her, I wonder why we're not dating. I'm serious. We get along that doggone well. She's beautiful. She's fun. Let's give it up for LeBron James. <laughs> we're not here to judge. We're, we're, we're not here to judge. Um, but just, hey, I'm, I'm happy for you and uh, LBJ. Uh, Tim, now now I understand why you get mad at Hoopla when we rag on LBJ so much and give him so much shit. And I'm surprised that you like Storm as much as you do, seeing as how we, you know we say that that's her her husband, you know, on the show. That's her pretend husband and everything. But uh, I'll tell her she has to step down, step back for you. But uh, I, we're we're happy for you. We support gay lifestyle on this show. Apparently, that's just her husband in law. Mm-hmm. Because she's sharing it with Tim. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, we we support we support the you know um, homosexual lifestyles. We have a lot of friends of the show that are gay. And, Nigga, you gay? And uh, <laughs> hey, okay, hey, that's that sounded judgmental, Riley. That sound, sound judgmental. They'd be cool on that shit. Order but uh, anyway, so en- enough of Tim. Enough of Tim. <laughs> Later, brother. We move on. Move on. Uh, Charlie Bell, what's what's been up with you? How you doing? I'm all right. I had a little up and ups and downs this week. A little ups and downs. A little ups and downs. Yeah. Uh-uh. So one of the ups, of course, was yesterday. I'm. I, um, we probably got to touch on it a little bit later. But the Selma commemoration. I cried on Obama's speech. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But the down, man. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Let me try to gather my thoughts here. Usa. Usa. So. I'm like seriously. I was traumatized by this conversation. So my homegirl, she had a booty call, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a guy she used to mess with, and he moved out of town, and now he's back. And so she was like, "Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna take my opportunity. He's got some, you know, he's got the goods." That's not the word she. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I was like, "Yeah, go for it, go for it." So then the next day, she comes home. And or I mean, she comes home that night, and the next morning she tells me, like, "Oh my God, it was terrible." I was like, "What? You were you were all excited for this big old juicy cock that you were talking about, right?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, he only had one condom. He nutted real fast. It was just a disaster." I was like, "Well, okay, that's not ideal, but it, did he at least you know take care of you?" And she looked at me, and she said, "He don't eat pussy." <laughs> That's what I, I was like, wait, what? I was like, does he know it's the year 2015? Like, where they don't do that at? Right? Don't he know I just went on this, on my show uh, a couple months ago and said that them niggas was extinct? Right. <laughs> I mean, you're not supposed to. So she's like, well, it's cultural. I was like, cultural? I was like, if you, you know. Well, Where's he from? I guess he's Caribbean. And I was like, well, he needs to take his ass back to the fucking <laughs> Jamaica or Africa, where the fuck he's from. Because if you want to fuck American women, you have to eat pussy. That's just what we do here. We don't do genital circumcision. We don't do polygamy. And we do have pussy eating. That's just... It's just, mm-hmm. it's just why, why would he ever leave the Caribbean? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know, but he needs to take his ass back there. And I'm. This is International Women's Day. Y'all. You know the Caribbean, they got jerk pussy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love being that jerk pussy. Yeah, man, it's spicy. It's spicy. It's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mm. I, I was like, look, and mm. I was like, bitch, and you're shout part out of- to Chad Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bitch, you're part of the problem. I was like, I was like, no guy in my dating life has ever opened his mouth to utter those four words to me because it would just be like, oh well, I would, I, I would, I, for one, he wouldn't get any. I mean, and she's, yeah, so. look, women need to band together and stop this bullshit. Don't be giving up vagina to these dudes. That's not eating pussy. It's just on GP. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Like, is. Well, I don't know. I think you kind of doing overdoing it. No, a little bit. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell there's, you why. There's, there's women that that don't don't give head too, and I think it's the same well, thing. Just, yeah, I agree. That's wrong too. Right, but I mean, some people, some people and then some people don't like it. Yeah, some people don't like it. So this is the thing. If you don't like getting it, that's that's fine. However, just it's like the willingness to do it. Like even though I'll I'll be honest, it's not the thing that's my favorite activity. Like some women, they need that to get there. That's not the case for me. However, for a guy, for all you women who need it to get there, <laughs> my name is Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> Or Snowfield, or whatever. Stansfield. Stansfield. Stratosphere. Stratosphere. Been around the world. world. (laughs) And and retired from playing with the Portland Trailblazers. (laughs) Right? And now I'm trying to cook, right? (laughs) But, um... No, I mean it's just the principality of it. It's the principality of it. <laughs> Principalities and powers, yes. spiritual wickedness in higher yes. heavenly places, rulers yes. of the darkness of this yes. world. Yes, Lord. <laughs> you think you're supposed to? It's good enough for you to fuck, but not good enough for you to put your mouth on. Like I feel like that's vagophobia. Yes, yes, Lord. We need to stamp that out. Now it's a different thing if there's a hygiene issue or a sickness. Okay, mm-hmm. go to the doctor and handle that. That's right. But that's not what we're talking about. We're no, talking we're about just un- thank you. Let the church say amen. Amen. Talk, tell your neighbor. Yeah. We Char- got to stamp out the anti-pussy eaters. Char- Char- Charlie Bell, if you're going to preach, you got to show your nipples up in this. No. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. We reject the anti-pussy. You got to do it right. We sure do. We fuck yeah. Get, be- get behind me. <laughs> Give me a seven herbs and spices and uh, <laughs> make it finger licking good. Yeah. So yeah. So so people out there that are just get, get with the program. It's 2015, and when, ladies, just we need to band together and put an end to this. Lollipop, lollipop. So that's my And and let me say this too. Uh, I'm pretty sure it goes for 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 women, but I definitely know it goes for men. <clears throat> now, we appreciate the effort. If it's something that you're not into, however, it's just something about if you if you're not in, if you don't how do I phrase this? I'm not saying if you gotta love it in order to do it, right? But you can't you can't half ass it. You can't either. act like it's you can't a punishment, act, right? You can't <laughs> act like you don't want to do it while you're doing it because right. that shit don't work. Right. Okay, right. <laughs> I know. I do it. But you ain't going to make me like it. <laughs> I don't have to like it. <laughs> I'll lick it, but I don't have to like it. But you you <laughs> might you really are, are might as well not do it. If right. it's if it's if the attitude if it's not if you don't have some enthusiasm behind it. Yeah. 
It, enthusiasm it, it just could shows. Even, enthusiasm can even make up for technique sometimes. Definitely, it can. Yeah. Yeah. I, tr- yeah. yeah. I like enthusiasm more than technique. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, that'll give me an enthusiasm. Right. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it yeah. now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, baby, uh, why don't you give me a little enthusiasm down there? <laughs> he got all enthusiastic all over her face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, she didn't, she didn't want to swallow, so what was I supposed to do? <laughs> so anyway. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah. So um, so what's what's your friend's decision? Is she going to? So, wait, let me ask you this. Did she not, Did she know that from Jump Street and then? She ended up with the dude. Well, she did. And then how did how'd that work? Break she that did know that he was a non-pussy eater, which oh, okay. to me, I was like, well, you should have you should have w- not wasted your Uber money going to visit a non-pussy eater. But she said, you know, he has a big old janky cock, which I get. You know, that's a that's a draw. But I mean, <laughs> but come on, it's like I feel like it's kind of like I've I've heard. I don't obviously I don't know, but I've heard from some guys that like very beautiful women can sometimes be bad in bed because they're kind of just used to oh, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 relying yeah, yeah. on their oh, yeah. on their looks. Yeah, that's, and I that's, think it's a that's similar. Why, that's why I only date ugly chicks because <laughs> <laughs> they have to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Shout out to the ugly chicks. But I feel like it's the same for guys with big old jank. Like sometimes they probably just rely on the jank and you know no effort no. It, I mean, it's selfish. It's just wrong. It's. And I think it's also part of. Okay, so let me get to the heart of the matter. I mean, I feel like a lot of this has to do with female body shaming and like like the stigma that we put that the vagina is dirty, that the pussy is dirty, and I just feel like it's 2015. We That's need- the only way I like it. I like a dirty pussy. <laughs> Bring that dirty pussy on. Dirty, dirty, dirty. I think you like a clean pussy on a dirty girl. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. How you gonna tell me what I like? Weasel just wanna. Just wanna marry the pussy. I just wanna marry the pussy. But anyway, so, so, yeah, so when I, I, I was just, I was just horrified. I was traumatized. I told her. I think I shamed her into not. I think she's gonna. <laughs> Peer yeah. pressured her into I not did. dating them. Well, you know what? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I have a, a solution for this problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I started a company, uh, Stunt Liquors. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will fill in. I like you know. I, I'll I'll start everything. I'll get everything going. Mm-hmm. Everything nice and going, and then he can he can finish the job. Wow. And, yeah. That's, that's, that's dedication. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm proud. What do, you, of. what do you charge for this service? Uh, you know, it, it, it's negotiable. Reciprocity. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know I, I'm in and out of there quick. <laughs> you're like, you're like, my service is called quid pro quo. <laughs> yeah, you know, she can, she can, you know, you know, uh, 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 you know, blow up my balloon. And, uh, your enthusiasm. And yeah, she can exactly. get your enthusiasm. Yeah, 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 give me give me an enthusiasm, and I'll give her one. And then you know she can she can get going on uh, uh, Big Dick Charlie. Just uh, <laughs> look him up under QPQ and Associates on Yelp, and give him a big fat uh, uh, something big fat up. review, a thumbs up, something yeah, up. Give him a, give him a thumbs like, up. I know what that's like. I mean, that's that's like you know going out to dinner with a vegan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It takes all the joy out of it. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, I the last chick that I was with that uh, didn't. Uh, well, let me see. Is that the only, the only, the only, the only girl I was with that mm. didn't do it? She tricked me. 
Because our first time together, she did it. Mm. So I didn't know that she wasn't the... Old bait and switch. Right, right. And then on top of that, she was one of them super selfish bitches because she wanted me to go down on her. But she went, oh, like, right. I was like, no. That's bad karma. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's bad freaking karma. Don't do that shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Lauren Hill up in this bitch. I need some reciprocity. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to be? <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. How was your week? My week was cool. Um, you know, not, nothing super... Uh, outstanding you know i didn't i didn't get jumped in 7-eleven or anything <laughs> I, I do think the um i do think the real estate guys heard my prayer though because you know I, i've been uh, saying for the longest that uh you know my neighborhood's kind of under gentrification and i want the uh i want the gay people to come in and gentrify it oh yeah so you know the house next door that's for sale mm-hmm. i think a couple i think a lesbian interracial lesbian couple i think is uh is buying it oh well we're moving on up yeah but well they could be girlfriends or they could be girlfriends. So I don't really right. know, you know, but, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I prefer, I prefer, uh, a gay male couples to, uh, beautify the neighborhood. I think yeah. They're better at they, it. They yeah. have much better. They're much better. They are, but I feel like, you know, lesbians are like gateway, you know, they're gateway. So they're the, they're the, the gateway residents. <laughs> yeah. To a, yeah. To a, right. To a beautiful they're the first step. <laughs> the gateway. And, and, and to learn the gay males, you know, yeah. that's the first step. Yeah. Well, you know, I can play softball with them. Right. Right. Some hoops, have some beers. Exactly. Exactly. Once that first rainbow flag goes up, it's right. just a matter of time. Right. Now, see, they're more likely to have, like, you know, I, I'm more likely to go over there and, and be able to watch the Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather oh, yeah, fight. Yeah, they probably Because, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not supporting. Mayweather, Mayweather, but I'll go over their house and watch him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. But you know, they're that's more funny. into the WNBA, and uh, that, that's true. That's true. So but like, they like that's you fine. Know, you might you might get some t- you might be able to get some Sparks tickets out of it. That yeah. wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Yeah. WNBA is not terrible, especially when NBA is not on. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And depending on which NBA team you're watching, it still might be better. <laughs> Man, amen. Jesus wept on that one. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, man. But we got uh, we got a guest coming up in a minute. We got uh, Rashani from the single simulcast. Actually, he has a, a little network. He's got several shows. The Dr. 3 AM team, I think, and uh, uh, some other shows. He even has his own, like, a... Uh, a podcast drama dramatization called Sin and Solace. Mm. So uh yeah, so he's uh quite the uh quite the podcast entrepreneur and he's been in the game for a minute. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back with Rashani. But um let me say this before we go to break, you guys will hear um an audio clip for or advertisement for pretty the series i'm not sure because this this clip is designed to be visual so i'm not sure if it says pretty the series so i'm letting you know now the next clip you hear will be for pretty the series okay so you guys go and uh check it out very funny series and who are they supporting when they do that <clears throat> they're supporting independent filmmakers okay. they're supporting uh our very own d honey who is uh 
one of the stars of that. And they're also uh, supporting Steve Silverman, who is the director and creator of it, who will be a guest uh, coming up shortly in the near uh, near weeks on The Shiznit Show. So uh, go and check out Pretty the Series. Here you go. It's rough up in here at Miss Annette's dance studio. If I had to describe Miss Annette in just one word... says she met my daddy a long time ago way before he became a clown scientologist Scientologist. what the rusty is going on here this is how you spin Let the terrorists win. Has anybody ever actually danced in this damn place? That is a unicorn. His name is Contract. Careful what you wish for. experience pop 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 culture from the dark side on the 730 show with me latona Ooh, I, I need my cigar on this. available on itunes stitcher spreaker tune in betamax and vhs yo what's up with your boy i'm just a man with a fork and a world full of soup no i don't need no damn medicine latone hart he may need medicine check me out on the 730 show podcast Shiznit. All right, and we're back. And uh, we're about to welcome our guest here to the show, Rashani of the Single Simulcast. Hey, Rashani, you there, bro? Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Shiznit Show. Thank you thank for you. Uh, taking some time out and dropping by, hanging out with us, bro. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Hey, man, I think you were, if not the first, because you and Mr. Black had me on, like, almost with, like, a day apart. So I'm not, I forget which one of you guys, but you guys, both of you guys were my first two interviews that the first time I was on invited on somebody else's show. So thank you. And I'm sorry it took me so long to get you on my show. No worries. And um, let me go ahead and just say uh, shout out to Mr. Black. Great dude. Um, yes. I know that right now his show is on a hiatus, mm-hmm. but be sure to check out the five minutes away podcast. It is just 
some it, it, it just shows you how exemplary uh, podcasting really can be. Uh, so I urge everybody to check that out. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. And like I said, right now it is on a down period. But that just gives you time to really check out the archives and get all caught up, right. uh, such as myself. So shouts out to him and to the whole 209 uh, family. That's right. So why don't we start with uh, introduce yourself to, our, to my audience like, you know, tell us about your your network, all your different. I, I notice I don't I don't generally hear you describe your your shows as a network, but that's what it is because you got several shows and you have the the drama and everything. So why don't you go ahead, take time to tell us about what you know your your uh, your flagship show, what it's about, and all your other uh, all your other shows on your network. You know what? I've never really thought of it as a network. <laughs> I know I can tell because you never call it that. <laughs> um, well. Wow, it is. Um, hi. Um, so I do a show called Single Simulcast. Um, it's actually your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast. So that means it's Dino's favorite podcast. That's just the way that <laughs> the this way it works. Yeah. That's the way it works out. Uh, it, it may be on the low. It may be out loud. But for communication purposes, drama, uh, music, uh, insight, humor, um, off-the-wall parody skits, um, it's the place to go. And I have a lot of fun with single simulcast. Um, just a few episodes ago, um, I did an episode called Rashani goes dumb volume one. Um, and what it was, was at the end of the show, I just, you know, there was still some open time left. I mean, it's a solo show. So really the open time is however long I want to go. Um, but I feel I still felt like there was more to be done. So I took a couple of um, instrumentals um, and I, I made a mixtape at the end of my show, <laughs> like right there on on the on like on the air. Basically, I made a mixtape. I laid out these instrumentals. Um, so I had the instrumental and 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 to know me, you got to know that I'm I'm. A little bit. I'm two steps to the left. I'm, I've never said that I'm completely sane. I've never wanted to. <laughs> being sane to me is being boring. Um, like like um, like they said on The Incredibles, when everybody's special, that means nobody is. Right. Um, so I strive to be unique. Um, I took instrumentals such as Pocket Full of Sunshine um and freestyled over that it was a quick freestyle that one when i got a pocket got a pocket full of kleenex picked one booger and i screamed out who's next oh <laughs> oh, oh um let me see um i had another one where i took uh the zero to 100 beat and uh freestyled over that so that song the freestyle that I did was um, started off as kindergartners think they're real slick. I count from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, and then six. And it just went on from there. Um, and how long did it really take you? <laughs> right, right. You know what? I never made it. Actually, I made it to 100, and then I started over because I'm that great. Because <laughs> I did it real quick. <laughs> I told the kindergartners I was that great. Right. And at the end of that song, I was like, at the end of that song, I was like, see, I counted from zero to 100 real quick. All you little kindergartners suck a real dick. and Because oh. <laughs> it's a beef record. Kindergartners are <laughs> Yeah, kindergartners are assholes. <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody knows that. jerks. Um, Fuck them bitches. So it's, it's, that, that show was a fun show, but then I also take time out in that show to talk about things um, – 
I have depression, so every winter I, I fall into a hole. Mm-hmm. Me too. I have that. And um, so every winter, we, we know you, you have a, actually, a hole, Charlie Bill, but we don't call shush. it that. We we have no, fall into we have, one. We have okay. No comment. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I actually I'm blushing right now thinking about falling into my wife's hole after this uh, episode. Um, but you. So you're really time. not single. It's really false advertising. <laughs> no, see, here's the, somebody asked me why is it called single simulcast? Because it's by you know, your solo, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, but really, honestly, it's because I really, I really like alliteration. Right. <laughs> right. I, right. When I did that show, I was in an alliterative mood. Right. So I was like, single simulcast. I, there's no way you can do a single simulcast. To do a simulcast means that my show is happening uh, on live radio while it's happening on TV. It's being simulcast somewhere else. It doesn't right. happen like that unless I right. go on to Spreecast and then it's also being played on um, TuneIn t- tune Radio or something like that and it right. works out that way. But now I'm just too far in to really change the name and I don't really want to. Again, it's <laughs> unique. When people say that name, they know who they're talking about. There's nobody else with a name that's quite like single simulcast. Right. It does have a, it does have a, a good alliteration and good ring yeah. to it. So. And and plus, you know, I'm I'm a geek, so I was just like alliteration, yay! Right. Um, I also do three <laughs> more shows. Um, I do a show called The Dream Team uh, with two of my good friends, um, Scarfinger and Adjective J. Uh, we get together every Sunday morning. Scarfinger, like, <laughs> one of the meanest guys you'll ever meet, and yet one of the nicest brothers you can ever know. Um, we sit down and uh, just. Let the conversation take us where it takes us. Like this episode that we did today, um, we actually spent a long time talking about MC Hammer. Um, That's right. Yeah, he's relevant. And how MC MC Hammer actually deserves a lot more respect. Yeah. Um, Because when, I mean, sure, when Gangsta Rap came out and was pointing at MC Hammer, was like, MC Hammer's a fake ass whatever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody followed suit because we were kids and gangster rap said that somebody was fake and gangster rap was new to us. We're like, yeah, okay. But now when you go back and you look back on what hammer did seriously, hammer had some hits. Hammer had the bumps, pumps in the bumps. Even before that hammer. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody get out of their chair, come out here like his very first CD, his very first CD. The very first song was, uh Oh, uh Oh, uh -oh, let's uh get it started. uh uh oh, here comes a hammer. No, even before comes a hammer. Started, yeah, uh, before that. Hammer, you will hit the dance floor and just yeah. type right of your ass off. Yeah, yeah. He was too yes. legit to quit. So, <laughs> but um no, he was he's dope. I have ma- major respect for Hammer, like for what he tried to do in his community, the the way he put the bay on the map, the way and, and the way he built his um fan base up independently. He that was like the, the prototype for what And I mean and 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 how many people can say, yo, the reason why I went broke, trying to help is everybody, I tried to do for my friends. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. He didn't go broke on his own volition. Right. It ain't like he wrote any flops. Right. Uh, what I was saying to Scarfinger and uh, and Jay was that if you really take inflation, MC Hammer was making Jay Z money. Oh hell yeah! Off of nothing but music. And his own properties. He put out movies. He put out cartoons. He put out shirts. He was a 
media conglomerate in himself. And the only thing that sunk him was he had too big of a crew and he wanted to take care of everybody. Support your own right there. Right. So when you say that, I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, you yeah know? me too. Because we talk about uh, in, in podcasts and we talk, well, I talk about uh, showing support for those who can't show support for themselves or showing support and showing love for some of my friends and fam that are in the podcasting game. Um, would I take it that far? You know, and, and you really got to sit back and wonder, would you take it far enough to where you are willing to give your money? Are you putting your money where your mouth is? Somebody came up to Hammer oh, probably. Oh, hell like, no. Exactly. Somebody <laughs> came up to Hammer was like, yo, Hammer, I live in Oakland, dog. I can't afford dinner. My kids are hungry. Help me out. And Hammer was like, yo, I'll give you a job. $10,000 a month. Wow. You know, it, I'm, I'm just I'm speculating, but I'm quite sure he had people who were in that situation that he was like, yo, I'm going to take care of you. And we rag on Hammer all the time. But he did what people should aspire to do, which is help out if you can. Um, so we talked about that on the Dream Team. Um, and it's, it's actually a funny show. It's really a good time. Um, and then I have a dramatic serial named Sin and Solace. Right. And um, I wrote it. I, I uh, produce it. I edit it. I'm the two lead voices. <laughs> um, it's actually a dramatic serial before serial came out. And, and I like telling people that. Oh, Rashani. Because a serial is out. Yes, sir. I have to tell you this real quick while we're on it. You know, everybody's on serial or whatever. I'm not knocking serial, but I think, and I haven't really, like, been telling people about this show just because everybody's, you know, so high on serial. I didn't want to seem like, oh, you know, whatever. But there's this, there's this podcast that you as like you know on as a dramatic podcast maker producer you will love this you will have a a a, a very very keen appreciation for it as a matter of fact i, I i'm going to have the uh, the guy on my show at some point it's called we're alive oh yeah we're alive is the banger that's the uh, epitome yes what 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 we're yes. alive was was that they actually had a screenplay for a movie right and and it they couldn't get the funding to get the movie started, so right. they just took the actors that they had and made it into a podcast. Right, because serial um, serial to me is basically an audio book of a novel, you know, which yeah, which nothing right. wrong with that, but it's just like okay, there's no compare when you listen to that and then you listen to We're Alive, which is a full blown. Basically, it's production. A, basically, We're Alive is if you were blind and went to the movies. That's what mm-hmm. we're alive is. It's, it's, it's a to, it's a full movie with no pictures, but everything Indeed. else. It, it, whereas serial is like that's what I was expecting serial to be, and serial is just an audio novel. And I'm like, oh, this is okay. This is what everybody's like. Got they you know they they draws in a bunch about. It's okay, but no, it ain't no we're alive. That's for sure. Ain't <laughs> no wacky D. No. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I um, Casey Whalen. Um, Casey Whalen is. Uh, he said he, he he'll come on my show. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you do that, let me know, and I'll I'll definitely uh, let people know about that one because a lot of people that I know, including again Scarfinger and a lot of other podcasters, really hold We're Alive in high regard. Yeah, he's working wow. on um um, what's it called um uh I can't think of the name of it, but it's about uh it's basically other stories that were happening at this during the same time that we're alive was happening. 
Cinesolis isn't Cinesolis isn't at the same production level as we're alive. It's done right here in my living room. Right, of course not. I mean, I I get people off of Cinesolis is a story about a an, an assassin named Jeremiah Sinclair and his best friend Trevor Salas Salento. And uh Jeremiah works <laughs> at like a yeah, alliteration. Um, Jeremiah worked for a company called the Corporation, and um, things happen uh, in his life to where he has to work for a man that he doesn't like and doesn't trust in order to uh, save his family. And I did two seasons of it, um, and nobody listened. <laughs> let's let's just let's just put that out there. I wrote thirty page scripts for this show, and uh, spent three and four days trying to get everybody together to record the show, and spent two and three days editing the show and making sure things sounded as good as they could coming off of a. Back then, I had a snowball microphone and a uh, iMac, mm. um, doing everything I could to make it sound great off of that. And put it out there, and nobody listened. So I stopped writing it for right. a while. Um, Sin and Solace was actually, again, I'm not going to keep harping on it because it's a part of me. It just is what it is. Sin and Solace was born of depression. Um, a lot of times when I did not think I could go on or didn't want to push on or anything like that, I heard a voice. And and a lot of people were like, yeah, there's a voice inside you that keeps you pushing. The voice inside of me is a straight up asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the voice inside of me is a straight up asshole. Like I still hear the voice when I'm doing like exercises. I'm actually doing daily burn right now. Um, you can see in the video I'm eating broccoli and a whole wheat quesadilla um, with uh, yogurt as instead of sour cream. I'm trying really hard. And when I'm exercising, sometimes I will get to the point where I just don't think I could push on. And not only do I hear the voice, the voice now comes out of my body and says, get your fat ass up. Keep pushing fat ass. You better push through this shit. Get your motherfucking fat ass up. Do you want to be fat all your motherfucking life? And my wife is just staring at me like I'm growing horns, dog. Because I'm doing push-ups while I'm talking bad to myself in a voice that she's never heard before. But this is the voice that was like, you know what? You're in this hole. Nobody's going to get you out. But you, you got to get the fuck up. Get the fuck up. You are the only person who's going to get yourself out of this. Nobody else is going to reach out a hand. You got to do this for yourself, Rashani. You better get up. You can either get up or you can die. Which one is going to be your choice? And I started pulling myself out. And that's what happens every single winter. And that's what I pull myself out of. But now he's helping me out on exercises. That voice is Jeremiah Sinclair. I finally sat down and was like, you know what? Let me just get all of these thoughts, all this, everything out onto a piece of paper. I sat down and wrote a 10 page script. It actually turned into a, I've learned that every page that you write of a script equals one minute of dialogue. Yes, that is true. So a 10 page script turned into a 10 minute short uh, podcast, Sin and Solace to Catch a Predator. 
And then from there, they just went on their adventures. At first, it was just going to be a little subset in in single simulcast. I was just going to put it in a single simulcast and leave it alone. But then I was like, you know what? I like this. I like what I'm doing. I love to write. I'm going to make this its own thing. And and actually, shout out to Lavinia from the Just Talking Out Loud podcast. And uh, she be showing us straight no chaser on the Twitters. Um she actually listened to the entire show and people who listen to the entire show, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher are pleasantly surprised. It's really good. It's funny. It's well thought out. Um, and I put a lot of work into it without a lot of money. And, and I don't want to harp too long on it, but if you don't listen to any of my other shows, I just beg you to listen to Sin and Solace because it's been out since 2010. I've still only gotten one review for it. That one review is from my, from myself. <laughs> right. And every time I look at it, I'm just like, dude, like the have and have nots just why can't this be like other shows? And I realize I don't have the promotion value. I don't have the production value. I don't have agents and everything, but I do have people. I do have fellow podcasters and I do have listeners who I beg all the time to listen to my show. So even if you don't leave a review, just hit me up on Twitter and say, yo, Rashani, I listened to sin and solace and it was really good or it was really bad or it was really whatever because what i really tried to do was um get people off of twitter and facebook to guest star on my show which was both a, a good thing and a bad thing it was a good thing because then they went back and told their friends that hey i was on a podcast i was on this uh audio drama you need to check it out some more people the the net spread you know right on the other hand some of them motherfuckers couldn't read <laughs> so you have folks on there who are like you need to stop what you're doing <laughs> right and come over here and i'm like dude it's an audio drama and i feel you waving your arm up and over to you in a big emotion that you're talking about that i'm so sorry i'm so sorry run it back you need to come over here i feel your arm twitching you're doing too much. Just calm down. Calm down because and Dino, yeah. you know this. Nobody's gonna love your stuff the way you love your stuff. Oh yeah. That's of course. Nobody's gonna think as highly of your network or what you're doing or anything like you will. And so they think that they're coming out there and doing a bad job. And I'm like, we need to do that again. You kind of tapered off on the very last word of that uh Two minute long monologue that you just got. Right. It's right. like fuck you, Rashani. <laughs> well, hey man, the the Skype audio is starting to give us some problems. So, so um let's go ahead and and uh tell everybody where to find your shows and any last words you have. Let's go ahead and wrap that up and we're gonna okay. let you go and get up out of here. The show. Um I'm on Stitcher iTunes, tune in radio. Um under what though? Single simulcast, uh, Sin and Silence, the Dream Team. They're all separate. Like, I never brought them under a network. Um, But on Podomatic, I do have a um, profile called the Single Simulcast Network. Strangely enough, I don't have my own shows on there. I put other podcasts or shows on there, you know, just to try and get them more listens. But... I'm probably going to start putting new shows over there. Um, please check me out. I thank y'all so much for having me on, even for these brief moments. I really do appreciate it. Really, I do. Um, and and I'll talk to y'all later. 
Oh, oh, yeah. On Twitter, it's single simulcast. Um, no spaces or anything like that. And uh, Rashani, R-A-S-H-A-N-I-I. Yeah, that's it. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks again for coming by. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Well, let's get into some of this uh, these topics here. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. Ferguson PD uh, may be going the way of the dodo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hear about that, guys? Mm-hmm. The, uh, was it the Attorney General's office? Uh, mm-hmm. Found all kind of corruption and um, a lot of... Uh, there's there's at least two police officers and a, I believe a clerk who got fired. The two police officers... Uh, wrote a lot of uh, racist emails. You know what? I have the audio. Let me play the audio. Oh, Lord. I'm Aaron Burnett out front tonight. Breaking news. Two Ferguson police officers out of a job tonight because of racist emails. The city announcing officers Rick Hankey and William Mudd resigned. This after a Justice Department investigation into the city's police force uncovered a slew of racist emails about the Obamas and blacks. The city's top court clerk, Marianne Twitty, was also let go this week. And tonight, there are serious questions about the Ferguson Police Department, whether it can even exist anymore. The Attorney General, Eric Holder, just announcing he is prepared to dismantle the entire force. Wow. The entire force. So I guess what they would have, the sheriffs or something. That's usually what happens, right, when... They dismantle police force, then they have sheriffs come in and yeah, take the, over. Yeah, the county sheriff would. Uh, yeah, step in. Or, or they would do like a federal receivership type of thing. What's that? Federal like a trusteeship, where they like basically take it over and restructure it, and you know. Oh, so in other words, they would kind of start from scratch. Yes. But with the federal supervision. Correct. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um. So I was glad to see the report came out because it kind of validates so many things of, you know, that the black folks and people who protest against, you know, systemic police Yeah, it has, a, it has a certain better late than ever kind of quality to it. Right. But it's, it does feel very, very late. Yeah. But to, a, to an extent. Yeah. But, I, but the, the value that I think we can take from it is a couple things. One is that um, – you know, this shows this this is this shows that um, racism it, it it illustrates how systemic racism works, right? So you had these two guys who were sent racist emails. Those are those guys are easy to get rid of, right? That's kind of the low hanging fruit. The the bigger issues was the systemic abuse of um, just targeting people of color. You know, excessive fines. They were using the the fining process, you know, to actually finance their local government. And which is totally wrong, and so you don't actually need oh, racist. Well, in- that's, that's true for every. Single. I was just going to say, right? I know it is, and I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to get back to that. So, I mean, you, this is my kind of my point: is that systemic racism is so much deeper than a couple of racists. Those are the easy people to get rid of because, but it's the the system is much harder to to reform, right? And this is something that's nationwide. The things that are going on in Ferguson are not just in Ferguson; they're they're all over, and. Um, 
so so yeah, so you have this confluence of kind of like systemic racism in the legal system and criminal justice system, what have you, and then you also have the fact that cities and municipalities are so underfunded, and so you know the, the drug war is really one of the big drivers of the drug war was is civil forfeiture, which is basically these these enforcement agencies are funding themselves by you know basically seizing drug loot and so it's just this really terrible cycle but hopefully this shines a light on it and that we can start working to address it um its many facets what she said (laughs) (laughs) no really though um yeah my my thing is yeah it yeah what were you gonna say no you you've pretty much said it all you pretty much said it all now, I know you guys, I got the only crew in the world that nobody watches television. <laughs> and I love television. So I find that ironic. I can't discuss television on my own show. Nobody on my crew watches television. I'm but, trying uh, to get a TV situation. Even though that. you guys don't watch television, are you guys following the... Uh, I've heard of television. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys following the, the, the Monique and uh, Lee Daniels situation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole empire and all that. Yeah. Well, what, um, what do you think? Well, well, first, um, to just give people some background in case they don't know, even though everybody pretty much has been talking about it by this point, um, Monique came out and said that Lee Daniels said that she had been blackballed for <clears throat> for uh, making wild demands and uh, being difficult and different things like that, and. Uh, so there's kind of been this back and forth. However, I have to say I, I like to give both both uh, Lee Daniels and Monique, uh, you know, credit because it's it's not uh, it's not been petty or or inflammatory or any any kind of mudslinging. Well, there hasn't been any personal attacks. No, there's been no personal attacks, and they've just been telling their side of the story. And they uh, and they both reaffirmed their respect for each right. other. Right, they're friends. They're friends, and they they are friendly, and and they're just basically giving their sides of the of you know their sides of the same story, but uh, in in a very uh, respectful and tasteful way. And I appreciate that from 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 both of them, and I give them big, big props for that. So um, I actually have uh, let's see audio for uh, Lee Daniels for uh, his. Him, uh, his his reply to uh, Monique when she came out with uh, saying that uh, he said that she'd been blackballed. I, I want to talk to you about this because you tackle you tackle social issues. Mm-hmm. There's a character on the show who is gay, one of the sons who's gay, yeah. and they do a you do a flashback to when the dad realizes, and this is a scene kind of from your life. This is something different, but I left it in anyway. Let's watch. What's going on in this scene, you guys? This is a scene from Empire. And the gay character on the show, Jamal, the son of uh, one of the the middle son of uh, Terrence Howard, he's about five years old at the time. He's coming down the stairs wearing high heels and his hair tied up like a woman. And he's got his hands on his hips and he's kind of like switching and wearing the heels. And Terrence Howard uh, character. Picks the kid up and takes him out and dumps him in the garbage can. And uh, Lee Daniels, uh, this is a scene from his life that he wrote into the show. Wow. That scene hit home for me. Hit home for a lot of people, especially men of of color, who happen to be gay. Why did you put it in there? 
Were you afraid to put it in? Oh, there? yeah. I had no intention. I told my partner this, and that's why we were a great team. I told him this in passing, and then when it ended up in the script, I said, no, 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 no. And some kind of way, he just talked me into it, and then it came time to shoot it. And he ain't shooting it. I'm shooting it, and it's my life, you know? And so uh, my sister, who I bring along as my good luck charm in my, all my films, was an extra in the scene, in that particular scene in the, in the house. And uh, when it came to the kid walking towards Terrence mm -hmm. to, with his hands on his hips, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't direct the scene. I broke down in tears because I just and my sister instinctively knew, got up and directed the kid. So I didn't direct that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister did, who ain't a director. Yeah. Painful. I, I think it's, it's painful. It's very powerful, though. But you're, you're making a difference. You're pushing the envelope. And you could see it in his face, even when he was watching the scene then, that yeah, he was moved by it. I'm moved by it. I moved by it. I also, yeah. You've also been um, the thought of very candid child. about real, real quick. Um, yeah. Monique, who is a friend of yours, right? Mm -hmm. She was in Precious. Yeah. She says that she was blackballed yeah. from Hollywood after the movie. No, she said that I said she That you said, yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't worry about it. I didn't say that exactly. What I said to her was, was that the... I said... You got, I, we, were out, we were on the campaign, and she was making yeah, unreasonable okay. demands. And, uh, you know, and, I, and she wasn't thinking, this is when reverse racism, I think, happens. You know, I said, you, you have to thank the producers of the film. You have to thank the studio. And, uh, and I think she didn't understand that. And, and I think that, uh, and I said, listen, people aren't going to respond well if you don't. You don't. So I love her, and, I, and I've, I've spoken to her, and, I, and I, she's brilliant. She's, I, and I like working with brilliant people. But sometimes artists get in their own way, and uh, I know I certainly do often. And for, I have my own demons that I get in my own, you know, in front of myself. So you think she blackballed herself? Because I in think some that, ways this is what I think. Do... I think that I think I think that um, there were demands that were made from her uh, on the Precious campaign that everyone knows about that uh, that hurt her, and and I told her that. So and 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 uh, and I. Yeah. <laughs> can she can she change that? I mean, if she plays ball, you yeah. got to play ball. That's this what, is that not. This is this is you, you have to. This is a, this is not just show. It's show business, and you've got to play ball. And you can't scream. I don't like calling the race card. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it because if it's if I if I if, if I buy into it, then it becomes real. Mm -hmm. If I knew what I knew when I was twenty one, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. But some people call that selling out. You know, selling out? Yeah, that, you know. I guess I'm a sellout then. Call it what it is. But I'm not going to not work, and I'm not going to not tell my truth, and I'm not going to call people out on their bull. So whatever that means, sell out. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, where, did, where does that come from? That sort of, I guess what it says, you are be, being completely emancipated. You, you live your own truth. You know, that's my what father matters. told me, he said to me, why do you want to be gay? Mm -hmm. Why do you, like, you know, it's hard enough being a black man. What do you want to go in there and mess, what are you, what are you doing? I said, and I, and I, and I, it's taken me a long time to really embrace that. And I think that if he were alive today, that he would embrace me for who I am. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's hard, it's hard keeping it real. It's hard being honest. And that's it. So, yeah, that was, that was a little long, but I, yeah, I, I felt like it was all worth uh, keeping in. Yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, as an actor, um, 
there's certain scenes that are like really hard to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's you know, and, and this isn't you know, it's not. I mean, this is obviously. I mean, just as an actor to to pick up a kid and throw him in a garbage can. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you know that that I I I, I mean I, I'm just getting chills thinking about having to do that. Right. I can't imagine just sitting there and like reliving yes. this painful uh, episode mm-hmm. right. from your life. I mean, because right. I mean it's exactly. affecting me. I, ha- I haven't even seen it. Right. Right. And you know I I mean I, I have you know you know my father's never done anything. Well, he <laughs> actually I, I have a funny story about my father now. Oh, but <laughs> no 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 no. It, it, uh, 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 basically, when I was uh, when I was like five or six years old, I gave him a Valentine's card. Mm-hmm. And oh. he, 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 like, he was like, what you giving me a Valentine's card? Men don't give men Valentine's cards. What's wrong with you? Aww. And, I mean, years later, I realized <laughs> right. why he was upset. Right. And actually, I told him about it recently. Nigga, you gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I told him about it recently, and he was like, oh, I said that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, but that was just, and that was innocent. Uh, of course it, it yeah. was. Right. I mean, yeah. anything a five-year-old does is innocent. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? but I, I just can't. Am- and and I didn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't even like. Uh, you know, it wasn't a painful moment for me. But I, I can't imagine reliving right. that painful moment. Yeah. And uh, it, it that was. Uh, I I just I was I was like blown away by that. I'm completely blown away by that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I respect a lot of what he had to say. You know, mm-hmm. he's clearly from the go-along to get-along school, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I mean, you just make your choices about whether you want to go along or get along, you know? Well, um, but, go ahead, go ahead. So, um, and, you know, he said a lot of truthful things, I think. you you got to play ball. It's business. you got to look at the bottom line. You know, sometimes we get – um, you know, he was specifically talking about show business artists, but mm-hmm. I think those same words go for a lot of us. We get in our own way because of stubbornness or because of, you know, unwillingness to compromise. My problem with his statement and kind of like this whole dynamic that what's going on between him and, and Monique is I feel like his racial analysis is really off. Like the way he was talking about reverse racism and playing the race card and, you know. Yeah, I didn't get the reverse racism part, but I did get the I did get the playing the race card part. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, let me just wrap up this one point, which is that I think that, you know, for for one, I mean, besides the fact that I think that those whole concepts, the way those concepts and words are brought out is just like a a discussion killer where you can't really discuss, okay, well, is there racism? The bottom line is we know that there's a certain level of racism or, you know, race issues in Hollywood, right? And I feel like a white actress, I think, you know, a white actress who just won an Oscar could probably have gotten away with a lot more than Monique could. I mean, it's still – look, we still live in a world where black people, people of color have to do more to get the same result. And so I think that's the part he's either you know gliding over or not acknowledging. So you know, we, we've heard stories of white actresses making way more crazier demands. Yeah, well, this, this, this whole thing here, I'm kind of – I'm a little bit on the on the fence about it because when you know when you hear Monique's side of it, which I have a clip of that too. It you know what she what what she requested or what happened does not sound like someone being a diva to me. It right. doesn't sound like it's something unreasonable. It doesn't right. even sound like a demand. You exactly. Know? Um. So there's that. But on the other hand, um, I don't think that Lee Daniels is a sellout. Um, I don't know if he expressed. 
what he meant the the uh, the best way possible. But I basically like what he was saying because I feel like it's a lot of my philosophy, a lot of that that shit you guys don't like about pull yourself by up by your own bootstraps and that type of thing and you know not yelling about the race car because yeah we we know that we know it's harder for us we know that you know we have to do the extra mile and we know all that so just do it and shut the fuck up about it just do it well i think it's one thing to do it and say you know because because racism exists we have to go that extra mile and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps i respect that to me he skipped over acknowledging that racism is even in the mix and you know like well, what you said about i think, well, I like, think it's because be. i think it's because that's exactly that's the whole thing because a lot of times you play you want to play that card and that's not necessarily what's going on. But she didn't specifically so, say that. I think that that's something that you could easily infer based on her status as a she won for best, you know, she won an Oscar. You know, that in in Hollywood, that typically brings status, opportunities, and I right, think but, not not always. Yeah. I mean, of course, nothing's always And like and Damon, Damon and I were talking about just before the show started that uh um Alfred Hitchcock is considered one of the greatest who have ever done it still to this day. Is considered one of the greatest who ever done. Never won an Oscar, right? No, I'm not buying into the fact that Oscars validate artistic. Uh, no, I'm merit. just saying that merit. just because someone is not acknowledged that should be acknowledged is not always about race, and 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 consequently, just because somebody doesn't get, you know, the offers, you know, that that they thought that they should have gotten afterwards, you know, it may not be about race either. It could be more. Uh, it, it it could be about. Uh, the the uh, bad reputation, even it, even if it's not deserved. It you could know? be a lot about I mean, a lot of things. For one, I didn't hear Monique calling the race card either. I think she, you know, acknowledges that black actresses, black people are treated differently in Hollywood than than whites. I mean, I don't find that to be a controversial statement. We don't know to the extent that it was racism if it was at all. We don't know. I'm acknowledging that. But to say that it couldn't have possibly been, or that black women aren't. You know, couldn't possibly be held to a different standard than white actresses. I mean, we know that that's not true as well. So, I mean, I didn't hear her playing the race card, and you know, I I did hear her saying like this this is this could be in the mix. That's yeah, well, that's true. But you know, the, they also had a private conversation yeah. that they're both referring to that we don't know everything that was said in that conversation. That's true. We're, so, we're reflecting on, well, for me, I'm reflecting on their public, publicly, their public right, statements yeah, yeah. and then also what we know about right. Hollywood. Yeah. But, they are, yeah. but they individually are also reflecting to their conversation yeah. right. that we're not that. privy to. I understand yeah, I was, yeah, I was making the, I, I made the assumption, too, that Lee D'Angelo was talking about, you know, what they said in their private conversation. Right. Um, because, I, I, you know, I... I you know, the way I imagine it, it's kind of like, you know, these white people are going to do this, uh, you know, and, and, you know, maybe Lee Daniel say, you know, maybe you just dial it down a notch and, you know, yeah, maybe you do deserve this. But, you know, if you if you want to continue to work, you're going to have to, you know, uh, right. ease back. Go know? along, get along sometimes. Yeah, right. Sometimes you do. I mean, and, and you can't and, be the revolutionary every minute. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's one thing if you're Marlon Brando and you're bringing an Indian up to the stage. Um, right. But, you know, there's most most actors, they they have to be careful um, because, you know, it's, it's a it's a very political game. And even, right. you know, even, you know, the you know, the, uh, you know, act, actresses complain about getting less money than men. Absolutely. Than men. Absolutely. And, and, you know they they got to be careful because they you know you just you just never know which you piss off the wrong. I mean these exactly. are these are petty people. 
<laughs> you, just, you, just right. never, you just never know what you say or do. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why actors are so neurotic is because right. it's like, they, you know, it's difficult to be yourself. Right. I mean, and why so many of them turn to such assholes right. once they have the power. Right. Because and because you're getting rejected for things you don't particularly necessarily know why you're getting rejected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. Well, yeah, I get all of that. I agree with all that. I think it's just... Let me go ahead and play our you clip. Know. Sure. Oh, okay. Now, uh, just to in the uh, interest of full disclosure, I did edit this, but I only edited it because even after editing, it's like six minutes, but wow. or five minutes, something like that. But uh, I just took out the only thing I took out was stuff about Precious, um, some stuff about the Oscars, and I took out uh, bits of Lee Daniels. What we just heard, he played again during this interview. This is the next day mm-hmm. um, with Don Lemon, and. Uh, other than that, it's it's intact. Nothing nothing was removed that's going to change the the context of what Monique said. I want you to sit down and watch this next interview. Because after winning an Oscar, any actor should expect to get offers for the best parts in the best movies. But that's not the case with Monique, who won Best Supporting Actress in 2010 for her role in Precious. She says the movie's director, Lee Daniels, told her that she's been blackballed because she's difficult and didn't play the Hollywood game. I'm going to ask her about that in a moment. But first, a clip from her searing performance in Precious. It's been five years now. So what's it been like? Did you get any roles? Did anybody call? Was your phone ringing off the hook? You know, the phone was ringing, and the scripts were coming. And when people say, Monique, where have you been? It's not that I haven't been on TV or been in the movies because I've been blackballed, as Mr. Mc, as Mr. Daniels has said. The offers just didn't make sense, Don. So, again, the phones didn't stop ringing and the scripts didn't stop coming, but the offers that were associated with them were offers that made me say, guys, I can't accept that. Because if I accept that and I won the award, what are my sisters being offered that didn't win the award or wasn't nominated and what does it say to the little girl who's not here yet that if we continue to accept, accept these low offers, however, do we make it different and make a change? OK, I want I want to play this. Uh, this was Lee Daniels on this very broadcast last night. Let's listen. OK. OK, I cut that part out. But from, you know, what she's saying and what she's about to say, it just. Yeah, it, it really doesn't sound like she was being difficult, but it sounds like she kind of got that label placed on her because she wasn't willing to play ball. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily blame her. You know, mm-hmm. um, she got a, a small fee for doing that movie and they wanted her to go in her pocket to fly to France and mm-hmm. promote, you know, that movie and, and uh, be away from her family and right, her show. When she, she had right. Exactly. Where she was pretty busy. And, uh, this was some, uh, very precious downtime that she had coming up and they wanted her to do it for free. And uh, she she asked if there was any compensation. They said, no, we don't do that. And she was like, okay, fine. But we respectfully declined. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if it went at all like that, I I think she kind of got, you know, the uh, the bad end, unless mm-hmm. there's some stuff going on that we don't know about. But mm-hmm. we're here to go in her words. What's your reaction, Monique? You didn't play the game. <laughs> you, were, you had difficult well, demands. I want to address it for the order that it went in. And when Mr. Daniels say I had these demands, it shocked me because I was saying to the screen, Don, please ask him what the demands were. <laughs> and actually, there were no demands. Mm-hmm. There was a request from the movie studio, and they called and requested that I fly to France for the Cannes Film Festival. I simply said I respectfully declined. 
Because if you can remember at the time, there was a talk show called The Monique Show. I was doing a comedy tour. I was actually in the award season of the awards, and I'm also a wife, and I'm a mommy. So when they called, I had a couple days just downtime. I wanted to spend that with my husband and my kids. So when we said we respectfully declined, the movie studio called back again. And they said, okay, well, we'll upgrade her hotel room. And my husband simply said again, we respectfully declined. We're gonna, she's going to take this time mm -hmm. with her family. Yeah. Well, when the third call came and they said, what is it going to take to get Monique to France, to the Cannes Film Festival? And my husband said, is there a number associated with it? And they said, oh, we would never pay for anyone to do any promotions for a movie. <laughs> and we said we understood because what people didn't know was I was paid $50,000 to do the movie Precious. And it really wasn't about the money. And I'm not complaining because I signed up to do it with my friend. Yeah. But so you're, the movie you're saying that because you didn't have the money to do this on your own. Is that what you're saying? That you needed well, to feed your family and pay your bills? I think that's what America says. Yeah. I think we all say, I can't do it for free. Mm -hmm. So when the movie studio says we can't set a precedence and pay you to do this, we didn't have an issue with them. Okay. But that's when the reports came that now Monique is being demanding and she's being difficult. They had a request. We simply had a request. And we, they said they couldn't do it. And we said we understood. That was it. So, Monique, you know how this yes, works because you had a talk show. I want to talk to yes. you b b before we get off the air because I think this is important. You said you weren't blackballed and you're working on other things. Coming out on yes. April 24th, you have Blackbird. That's a project with you and your husband. You star alongside Isaiah Washington in that. It's an independent film route. Why have you chosen to take an in the independent film route? Well, because like I said earlier, the and Put the video up coming, of it as we're talking. Sorry, go ahead. The offers that were coming in, they just didn't make sense. And when Isaiah contacted our attorney, Ricky Anderson, and he said, I have to get this to Monique and her husband. Well, when we got it, we knew that it was necessary that we get involved. And when we can get involved and have ownership of something, which means in having ownership, my family benefits as long as my likeness is on that movie. Mm -hmm. So to have ownership of it and to tell this amazing story. And the reason why it's so personal for me, Don, because remember when you had to come on the Monique show mm -hmm. and you had to make an announcement mm -hmm. to come out? Yes. We want babies to have to stop making an announcement mm -hmm. to come out. And we want you to just be who you are. Mm -hmm. So that's what this movie says. And not only is it a movie, it's a movement for situations that's happening right now when you have people that's saying, we just want to be treated fairly. Yeah. We, we just want to be treated as equal. And we have to go, Monique. Thank you. Thank okay, you for baby. being Thank so you, Don. All right, Damon. Um, it actually reminded me of something that you and D. Honey were talking about when she was when Monique was talking about how the offers didn't uh, didn't not come. They came, mm -hmm. but they were low. They mm -hmm. were like what she would expect to get before. I mean, she didn't put it in those words, right. but I'm thinking, you know, stuff that they, before she had gotten the Oscar, she would have. They gotten. weren't up to snuff for an Oscar winning. So, yeah, I've, right. I've actually heard actors and actresses um, say that, uh, you know, you expect to get all these great scripts. Right. And you don't. Right. You, uh, it, it, you get crap. Um, and it, it's like, you know, there's they they turn down so much 
because it's just eh, most people can't write. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh you know, sometimes it's just that it's just that simple. It's like you think you think you okay, I'm I'm at the top of the food chain and this is what I get offered. Right. You know. And uh and then on, on and then on top of that, this is what they want to pay me, you know. Uh it's and and that's and that's 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 for everybody or at least uh you know, everybody gets yeah. get uh, mm-hmm. gets crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg Fitzsimmons was uh, saying the same thing about Emmys. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying that, oh, you know, he's like, you, you know, you think, oh, I got an Emmy. I'm going to be, you know, life is going to be great and this and that and it's going to be work. And he's like, I'm happy I, I'm happy I have them, but uh, it didn't really change the quality of my life much after I got them. <laughs> right, <you know>? right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think existentially, anytime you expect something, you always stand the chance of being disappointed. (laughs) But I think one of the things that I relate to um, of Monique's tale, you know, her story is that, you know, as a professional black woman, I have had the experience of, you know, we are perceived differently. If I'm outspoken in the workplace, then I can be perceived as, you know, aggressive. If I'm, um, you know, passionate, I can be perceived as angry. You know, it's like we, we have to – a lot of black women know this. When you go in the workplace, you're being perceived differently. You kind of have to dial it back because, um, you know, something that would be seen as a request from, coming from someone else will be seen as a demand coming from you. So, you know, a lot of times we have to sugarcoat stuff and kind of um, – you know, slow walk it. And I don't know. I just think that's a, that, and I'm not saying, uh, again, Monique never, she didn't mention race at all in that, uh, in her talk just now, but I'm just saying that's what I've experienced when I talk to my black female, you know, professional friends, we've all experienced it. So that resonated with me. I've heard, uh, I've, I've heard that with, uh, not just, uh, uh, black women. Well, I mean, it's show business in general. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like like I was saying earlier. That's why people are so careful about what they say right. and how they say it. Um, right. You know, you you, uh, you listen to people like um, like I, I you know, like Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was she was seen as being uh, um, uh, demanding mm-hmm. uh, because she she basically was trying to take control of her character. She would she would insist on doing a character a certain way, right. which you know most actors do. Right, uh, but for whatever reason, she was perceived as being difficult. Uh, I I watched uh, Helen Hunt. Uh, she's she was somebody else who's perceived as being difficult. Right, watched her perform, and you know, and I'm I'm like I I don't see I don't see what people are talking about. Right. I do see somebody who cares about what she's doing. Right, and you know, uh, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman is seen as being difficult. But, you know, but he's Dustin Hoffman. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so he can, he can get away with right. it. Uh, you know, and I, I uh, listening to what Monique had to say, it sounds like, you know, I, I don't know if she said, listen, I'm tired. Uh, I, you know, you know, if she just said I respectfully declined, it probably to the other person on the other side probably sounds like, okay, she's just she's trying to get something more right. from us, right? Rather than I'm, I'm just tired. I, yeah, I, I, I just had, I just want to know if she had said something like, listen, I, I just finished working on the show. I just I I'm done with the TV show. I'm I'm just spent. I I can't I can't I want to spend. I really do want to spend time with my family. Well, one of the things that I noted, you know, what, that was very uh, prominent to me <coughs> in that um, remarks that she made was that this communication all seemed to have gone through her husband. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure that affected the the translation mm-hmm. as well. So it probably oh this is this is the representative. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, this is speaking like, for her. Yeah, like she can't even talk to us. Or yeah. I mean, who knows how they perceive yeah, it? Yeah. And and again, I'm not saying that race is the only thing that affects mm-hmm. office politics, mm-hmm. show business politics, mm-hmm. or that you know white guys aren't you know perceived as difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a common theme. It's something that pretty much every black woman in the workplace has experienced. And so to imagine that it would be replicated in Hollywood isn't hard <laughs> at all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that's limited to black women. No, it's not. That's what I, and I just, I just said that. I said it's not. Yeah. That's not the only dynamic that plays into it, but it's one of the dynamics that plays into it for sure. Yeah. So. Any happy stories? <laughs> I, know, I thought that was a gr- honestly. I thought that was a great no, story. No, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting, and it was like two black people having a respectful, mm, non ratchet right. conversation mm-hmm. in yeah. the media right. about art and integrity and standing up for yourself. Yeah, it's not. It's not like listening know? to the shiznit. <laughs> Even though they were writing stuff like Monique claps back and all this kind of shit. But I know, right? They try to portray it as ratchet. Oh, yeah. They try to make it out to be some. But if you took any time to listen to it, you find out that that's not what it was yeah. at all. You tried it. <laughs> well, I guess we won't talk it's about that. It's because the white man runs uh, the media. No, Damon made the a Jews run the media. <laughs> Come on. Put your shit together. <laughs> He's, he's not speaking for me, Mr. Spielberg. I don't know him, Mr. Geffen. In case you want to do a Pixar shiznit. To, 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 to all you Jews out there running the media, I did not say. <laughs> I do not identify or associate with those remarks. I am down for a big screen release of the shiznit. Now, now as the producer of the show, uh, the views of uh, Damon the Weasel Stanford do not or necessarily represent Stanfield or Stoudemire or, or whatever the fuck his name is. Do not uh, accurately reflect the views of uh, this establishment, this network, or uh, the or executives the ch- here in charge. Or our affiliates. That's right. A.K.A. Chonilla. <laughs> that's funny (laughs) well let's see I don't know this could be I don't know if this is happy or bad it just is a fact I'm a little bit surprised about it because I'd always heard that okay it says uh, here grieving husbands are 30% more likely to have an early death uh, when the spouse dies first but women carry on as before like statistically mm-hmm. there's no change yeah. which is fucked up <laughs> that is fucked up i thought it was both i thought i thought men and women were more likely to uh to 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 die after uh losing a spouse yeah losing a spouse but yeah that's not true no. i'm like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> well you know well, well men die early because they want to yeah, <laughs> to get away from the woman. Yeah. <laughs> All are wrong for that. She wants to be to eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. If that's your problem, you need to go. You, you shouldn't even be allowed to swim in the gene pool if you don't eat pussy. Take your ass out. Darwinian selection. Get, we need, you motherfuckers need to be extinct if you don't eat pussy. Go away. Anyway, no, but <laughs> and Charlie so, Bell goes start, hard on the. <laughs> We knew Charlie Bell had genocidal thoughts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. no, but um, as far as this article, I think, well, I, I my grandmother's experience, my 92-year-old mm. grandmother's experience, I think is probably reflective of a lot of 
what women go through, which is that when her partner died, you know, he had um, invasive cancer that just, you know, riddled his whole body. She was doing massive caretaking. You know, she was... I mean, it was dragging her down. It was, you know, destroying her health. She couldn't sleep. You know, the stress, the character. It was just so draining. Like, I mean, there is such a thing as caregiver syndrome where this caretaker will succumb before the sick person, wow. right? Because it's so stressful to, to be the caregiver. And... um so after he passed, of course, she's sad. She misses him. You know, she's been in mourning, but she's also, like, very resilient, and she her health is, has returned, you know, and I, I really see the difference of that burden not – you know, weighing her down like it like it was. She's she's in great shape. She's she drives. She's active. You know, so I think that's probably one of the factors as far as why women kind of are able to survive longer. Yeah. Well, another factor is that men don't take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, we 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 have. Wait 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 wait. <clears throat> now, see, I think that's an argument for why men die earlier, not mm-hmm. why they die. Uh, more quickly after their spouse dies. Well, because she's not around to force them to go to the doctor and or do do, do proper eating, yeah. proper um, exercise, and that was referenced in the article. And also, um, I have seen an article before. I don't have the statistics off my head, but basically, most men go to the doctor because a woman in their life basically tells them to. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons why married men live longer than right. know, single yes. men. Okay, I guess I'll buy yeah. that. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you go to the doctor. I mean, you know, you know, just in general, you know, you know, women force men to take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and women are more likely to to go to the doctor and get directions to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to find the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. We're going to have to pick up some of this other stuff next time because we're pretty much out of time. So, so no more bad news for Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't nobody bring me no bad news. You make a very convincing Eveline. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, they offered me the role. <laughs> but but I, the money wasn't the money right. Wasn't right. <laughs> Right. You could kill that role. <laughs> Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> Standoffish. <laughs> Damon Standoffish. <laughs> Damon Stansfield. <laughs> Damon Stick Figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, well, that is it. That will bring us to a close. Another episode of The Shiznit. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, tell your friends, tell your mamas, tell your daddies, tell your your kids, your sisters, your brothers. Everybody, uh, listen to the Shiznit show. Share it. Share us on social media, and uh, go by iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us a review. Give us input. Tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Ask us questions. We'll answer them. All that good stuff. And uh, with that, for Charlie Bell, for Damon the Weasel Stanford, I'm Dino Red. Holla at your boy.
from all of our crew to listeners like you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail and make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.